Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott, and we're keeping you in the loop at the guitar community. Today we got another special episode for everybody. Um, we're going to take another break from our sort of weekly format and, and dive deep um, with another builder that we, I think you should know about. Um, this is another one of the uh, sort of the guitar builders that I've heard about for a while and through, you know, various communities, online forums, Facebook groups, those kind of things. Uh, and the community of people, they've been just talking about this guy, talking about this guy. You need to check out Fellows Guitars. And you know what? I would agree. After holding one, playing one, I, I had a chance at Summer Nam this year. I agree. You all need to check out Fellows Guitars. And so Jonathan actually joined me on the show this week. We talked for a little bit. We actually got cut off because apparently Google... Uh, hang out, whatever Google meets, whatever this new thing is now, um, unfortunately, uh, puts a time limit on what we talked about, which is probably better for you all that you won't have an hour and a half long episode, but, uh, we had a good chat about how he started, where he's going. Um, and he's in a really unique spot too, of, uh, sort of rebooting his brand he's moving and, and possibly pursuing this now, not just as a side gig, but as a full full thing and as he transitions there and launches new models and how he developed a few new models in collaboration with some other folks that you may have heard of or you might know um anyway dive in this is a this was a fun chat for me so jonathan how's hey. it going good how are you i'm doing all right doing all right it's we're talking on a monday night and it's the one warm night of the week it looks like i don't know about you out where are you calling in for again? You're in Missouri, right? Yeah, I'm in Southwest Missouri. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you are you getting this like it's fall all of a sudden week last week and now there's like the last little bit of heat wave that we're having up here in Chicago or is it? We got the like it's uh, it was down in the 70s for like three days and then it's back mm -hmm. to the 90s again. So, okay. but that's supposed to end after a couple of days and then we'll be kind of be back to the the normal cooling off period. It's it's been nice, you know, it's been nice to not, like, even though I've had to learn to deal with humidity um, coming from California, <laughs> right, um, I, it's been nice to not have one summer day where it hit 100, you know, and I mean, I'm used to, I'm used to having weeks on end where it's 103, 104, you know, and so it's been, you know, they, they say, well, it's a dry heat, but it doesn't matter, it's, it's over 100 friggin' degrees, man, it's hot, you know, and I, I <laughs> yeah. I'll take 92 <laughs> with some humidity over 106. So, uh, you know, that's been good. I've uh, I've shared many a story of I was just out in Utah, and that was the first time experiencing dry heat like that in a while. And body just does not take that well. It just... Right. <laughs> I just kind of crashed. Um, so now that we're talking, like, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for those listening, you're Jonathan Fellows. Yeah. Let's let what what shameless plug here. What who are you? What are so, why are we talking to you? Fellows guitars, man. I uh, I've been trying to get out there and build some cool stuff for the last uh, I don't know five or six years, and um, um, I, I you know I think we're we're kind of on the verge of, of of making the next breakthrough. So um, mm -hmm. it's 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 been exciting, and you know we were talking a bit ago about the move, and you know I relocated from California to Missouri, and a big part of that was so that. Um, 
it's actually reasonably affordable for me to uh, foresee the ability to transition from my day job to doing the guitar stuff full time, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, there's, there's actually like a date on the calendar right now and it's still a little ways in the future. I've got some stuff to do first, but, um, but it's realistic and it it just, you know, I I know there are guys in California who make it work, but the finances just, it doesn't work, you know, not for me anyways. I mean, that's a, not to dwell there too long. That's a pretty consistent story we're hearing about now with, and especially as everyone's moved remote in their jobs, it seems like everyone's mm-hmm. leaving California because it's so much more affordable literally anywhere else but California. So Right. And well, and we got kind of lucky. So my, my oldest, I have two daughters. They're uh, 21 and 20, 22 and 24 now. Mm-hmm. And um, my older daughter went to college out here in this area in Missouri and she met her husband here and they got married and they decided to stay here. And mm-hmm. so our other daughter lived with us and she had gone through, um, she, we had, she had gone through uh, cosmetology school and she was working as a hairdresser and California just canceled all of that. Like she was down mm-hmm. with, with, with COVID, she was shut down for like nine months and, and it was, it was not a, a, a great thing. Well, during that time that she was shut down, you know, she came out here and visited her sister a number of times just because she couldn't work. What else is she going to do? And she realized that not only was a lot more things open over here, but she realized that she could make about the same amount of money in both places and she could actually afford to live here. Right. And so that's Mm -hmm. what kind of did it for her because we, we had, we had told my older daughter when she, when she moved away that, you know, look, we're, we're not going to chase you guys around the country, you know, um, it's like you you moved away from us, and so we'll just sort of uh-huh. see where your sister ends up, and we'll go from there. Well, um, well here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We're now we're all out here, and uh, you know, and 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 we love it. And you know, it allowed me to really sit back and do some sort of life planning. And you know, I've got kids' college paid for, and I've got um, uh, well, one of two weddings paid for, and so I've passed <laughs> a lot of the big expenses, and really at a point where I can you know, um, I can look towards making an adjustment from, from doing guitars, um, as a side hustle and making them actually my full-time income. That's pretty cool. And so you were mentioning your, your mid build of a shop out there and Missouri yeah, right now. So, yeah. And this is like the second time around. So, cause I, the, the, about four years ago, I built a shop in California. We, we, we bought a place that had enough space where I could build a shop. And so I got mm-hmm. to go through and kind of do everything exactly the way I wanted. And then, of course, we ended up moving. So I get to do it all again, only this time it's, it's, I, I can actually do more for, <laughs> for less as far as mm-hmm. I can get more shop for less money. And so this is kind of the dream shop build for me. So uh, they're pouring the slab for it tomorrow. So by the time this comes out, there will be concrete in my yard just waiting for the, the building to go up. Nice. Anything, yeah. anything new and unique in the shop other than just simply square footage that you're all excited to do? Well, uh, shortly before I left California, I, um, well, before we even had made the decision we were going to leave California, I, I ordered a, a big laser cutter, like a, a, a good sized laser cutter that can do all kinds of really cool things. And I, I, I one, but it took about four months for it to come in. And by the time it came in and I got it set up, I was able to use it for a month or two before we decided to list the house and all that. 
And so I'm actually building in a separate room for that. And that's going to, that's going to be like a separate segment of what I'm doing for the business. It's not besides building guitars and using that to do some really cool stuff with them. I can also, mm -hmm. I can run templates for guys who want to build their own guitars. I can, I can run pick guards on the laser. Well, certain, depending on what's made of, um, you know, I, I can like acrylic and some of that kind of stuff. So there's going to be a lot of, um, sort of guitar adjacent <laughs> things mm -hmm. to the business that, that, that I can do with that, that, um, because it's just a, it's a really cool piece of equipment. And so I'm excited The other shop, I didn't really have space for it. And this time it's kind of have its own room and, and all of that. So really looking forward to, <laughs> to doing some cool stuff with that. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, it, it brings back memories of another guitar builder. I talked, we talked with like right at, around the start of our show talking about, um, he set up his shop in a way that he didn't just do guitars. And so right. sometimes, you know, the side hustles of just making cabinets and some of those things, things that require the same skill set and, you know, that, that fine artistry and craftsmanship allowed him to do the passion side while still, you know, when, right. when there were dips and sales and things like that, or you needed, you needed to just kind of fill your pipeline. It, it was another thing to do, which helped grow the business well, and make it healthier. Yeah. And that's the thing with the, with the laser is, you know, like I can engrave on like Yeti cups and that kind of stuff. And there's like, that's mm -hmm. a high, uh, a high demand thing right now, you know, people, mm -hmm. fundraisers and, and custom, you know, things like that. And I don't really want to do that as the primary thing, but certainly it's a lot um, lower barrier to entry to get an order for a $25, you know, engraved stainless tumbler than it is for a $2,500 guitar. Right. So, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> some of that kind of stuff I'm sure will, will happen as a side thing. I, I, I don't think I'll do furniture. I've built a little bit of furniture and uh, I'll do it for myself, but I don't love it enough to do it for someone else. <laughs> Even if I'm getting paid. <laughs> I think I know that feeling all too well. Uh, so, so let's back up a little bit. You've said, yeah. I, I believe, when did this all start for you? How did it all start for you? Is, are, are you are you from the category of, I, I bought a parts caster and I built it kind of side? Or has, has woodworking always sort of just been in the periphery for okay. you? Or? Yeah, it's it's kind of a convoluted story. But um, yeah, woodworking has always kind of been in my periphery. I've always done the, that kind of stuff. But it didn't click to me to build a guitar that it was even feasible until you know, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. And, you know, uh, like most of, of the guys who got into this at some point, you know, my first guitar that I built, the body was absolutely amazing, but I, I built like an SG with some really fancy walnut wood and, and all this stuff, but I had no clue what I was doing and I was afraid to make a neck. So I went out and bought this old busted Epiphone uh, SG with a bolt-on neck <laughs> off mm -hmm. of uh it was broken it was on craigslist for like 35 dollars, and i bought it and i scavenged the neck out of it and i stripped it down and, and refinished it and i you know, pulled all the poly off it and all this stuff and, and you know this is one of those epi those those bolt-on sgs they're they were probably like 100 bucks brand new you know it was mm -hmm. it was it was a real start but but it was it was a tool right and i built the body to go with that neck and then i i learned how to do the wiring and i did that and and, um, and so that's kind of how I, I started because I, I wanted a cool guitar and I couldn't afford anything that was, that was really out there. And then, um, I got involved with some of the forums, you know, you go back 10 or 12 years and, 
and and forums were a big deal. Um, you mm-hmm. know, TDPRI and uh, you know the off, offset guitars and 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 all those things. And all of those, you know, my Les Paul and all of those those forums have builders sections. And so for a few years, I was really active in there and just learning and soaking up everything that I could. And you know, and then I was able to actually you know, 20 necks later, get into where mm-hmm. I was actually making stuff that was, that was, um, that was pretty good. And, um, I com- combined that with, you know, some private classes that I took from a couple different people who build guitars. I took some classes down at Roberto van on my, you know, spare time. I'd take a vacation from work and do a week long seminar down there and things like that. And, and, uh, that's kind of how I built this all to where it is kind of where it is now. So, that's cool. And so, when did when did Fellows Guitars become an official building it for other uh, people, ago, not just yeah? Four four years ago, uh, four years ago, I got to the point where it's like I I had like four guitar orders on the books, and four is not a not a lot, but it when you you know the government might think it is as far as things like sales tax and those kind of things go, you know. <laughs> yeah. And also the other thing is is that is that you know by being a legit business in business with a resale permit and all of that you can get set up with the vendors and, you know, you can buy all of the hardware at, you know, uh, huge discounts over what the retail prices are, you know, from the different vendors, but you've got to be a legit business in the right, in that industry and, and, and everything mm-hmm. to do that. So, so it was beneficial to me at that point, um, because, Hey, I can, I can make more money by actually being a business and paying taxes on it because I can, you know, buy the hardware for half the price of, you know, what, what it was, you know, what otherwise go for. So, so it was about four years ago I did that <clears throat> and, um, just been trying to, you know, through ups and downs, trying to keep it, keep it going since then. Interesting. Uh, so naturally I, I'm assuming, you know, it kind of started with like a friends and family or someone saw, saw one of yours yeah, and kind of wanted to go from there and then slowly you get notoriety and people see what you're doing uh, i wouldn't say as far i wouldn't say uh, notoriety so much but you know um, well, i mean it, i knew of you before i actually met you so clearly <laughs> there's some notoriety right yeah but it's you know it you're right the first few that i actually were was comfortable were good enough to sell were ones that commissions that i made for uh for friends and then um you know, uh, started carrying those around, taking them with me to NAM, meeting up with people, you know, people after mm-hmm. NAM and showing them off and getting to know, you know, I, there's, there's kind of, you know, a, a few different circles that we all kind of connect in and getting to know some of those guys. And then the real big project that kind of really moved the needle was, um, about, well, almost two years ago now, um, at, uh, no, I guess it would be almost three years ago now, um, we launched that, um, I met up with, uh, well, you know, um, Co and Paul, right. Mm-hmm. And so, so I met up with them and we set out and designed what eventually became the F3. Right. And so, and I built like 10 of those all in one big batch over the next year and delivered all of them, uh, the following year at NAM, which would have been, well, the last NAM that we had, right? Whatever that was, NAM 2020. So I delivered all of those um, in NAM, winter NAM 2020. And, and um, you know, there was, you know, 10 different guitars and 10 different colors and they were, 
you know, it, 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 it's a really, really cool design. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that, that that's really where people started to take a little bit of notice. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's familiar, but unique. And so it definitely exactly. pops the minute you see it. Right. Exactly. Um, and so, so that's, that's, you know, so that's really the push for the next years. Once I get the new shop up and everything is to, is to start looking at getting some new orders on the books for, for some more F3s because, um, they're really just a fun guitar that play really, really well. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you had one of those, I think you stuck it in my hands when, uh, we were all hanging over when we were all hanging over, uh, hanging over, hanging out over at, uh, the Equitz house last summer Nam. Um, yeah. Yeah. That turquoise one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta ask you, um, first thing I remember from that was I was like, wow, this is, this is the chunkiest neck that I've ever played. That's actually comfortable. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm a big guy. So like yeah. I have big hands. And so that's, that's, I mean, you, you think I love big neck guitars and I, for whatever reason, the medium ones are where I wind up at. But, um, mm-hmm. is that sort of a calling hard nature of yours or do you, do you often find a lot of your guitars are sort of built to suit, uh, you yeah, get a lot you know of what? it's a lot of build to suit and, and you know, mm-hmm. where, whenever and wherever possible, you know, I like as I'm doing the carve process on the neck, which is about, mm-hmm. it's about 50, 50, you know, I, I use, I use machines to take off a good chunk of the wood just to get it close, but then it's an awful lot of, it's all refined by hand. And, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I, I, I like to get the neck in the hands of the person who's buying the guitar before. I finish, you know, before it, it's, it, I consider the neck done and move it into the finishing process. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to make sure that we're all on the same page. You know, I, I, you know, the, the first guitar that I had when I was like 14 was this, um, you know, I think it was an applause by ovation. Right. Mm. <laughs> and they had a narrow neck that was a medium profile and, mm-hmm. So that's really kind of where my, um, my hand gravitates to, um, not a thin neck, just sort of a medium neck, but, but, but with a relatively narrow, uh, profile at the nut. And so, you know, that tends to be where I end up when someone really doesn't give me a lot of, um, a lot of direction, but you know, it's the kind of thing that I, I, I tweak it individually player by player. And, you know, I've been known with some people who were, you know, I could, I knew were really particular about it. You know, I mail them the neck before it's done and say, Hey, tell me how this feels. And then mail it back to me, you know, just because I, I want to make sure I get it right. It's, it's not mm-hmm. the kind of thing that if you're doing a custom guitar for somebody, not only do all the details got to be right, but you know, I don't want them to, to decide that they're, you know, it's just not their favorite neck and therefore it's not their favorite guitar. That's one of my biggest fears of, being a customer in that world is like, and like, and don't get me wrong. Like the, the builder I'm working with right now as well, put the guitar in my hands and we yeah. talked numbers and we also talked feel. And then, you know, that, that builder steered me a little bit to say, look, I like to do this. Just give it a chance. Here's another one with it. Um, right. and you know, some of yeah. those kind of things are where like at the time when I was ordering, if you would have said, make me neck, I was like, here, here's my pattern medium, Paul Reed Smith make this again because this right. is the guitar I'm playing right now. But, right. you know, right. you kind of, that is part of the process too, though, is like with some of your builders is there's a signature, there's a style. And when you're, when you're buying something from somebody, you want to buy their style mm-hmm. sometimes. And so there is that, 
back and forth sort of relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 you know, for for me, it it I don't know that that's the most like that's if I pick up a, a a guitar in the store and the neck is too fat and I, I don't like a fat neck if, if, if the neck is too mm-hmm. fat for me I put it right back down and it doesn't matter how perfect the rest of the guitar is you know and I mm-hmm. think that a lot of people are that way it just doesn't feel right you know and and I know that some people love that so I've got to be able to build that when someone wants that but um, mm-hmm. at the same time there's aspects of how I do it um, that are always going to be the way that I do it the way that the heel is put together and and you know the way that um the 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 neck transition is and stuff are all you know parts of my brand and so the parts always going to be the same but you know if if you want a big baseball bat neck fine you can have it you know (laughs) (laughs) so the f9 you're saying is something you actually built or sorry f3 i I saw the i was looking on the website and it's like a run of nine yeah yeah yeah. it's late. My brain's mixing things together and this is going to happen again. I guarantee it while yeah. we're talking. Uh, so the F3 is one of your first sort of production runs. Like you, you actually made this. Everything in... else was pretty much built as, as one-offs. And then I had mm-hmm. subsequently built additional ones. The F3, you know, we designed it and mm-hmm. then we prototyped it and we exchanged lots of pictures and we made sure we were all in agreement with it because it was kind of a collaboration and then, um, and then we took that prototype and those pictures and we pre-sold it, you know, and we took mm-hmm. orders for all of those, those, um, those nine plus actually it ended up being 10 and, but two of them are, are ones that I keep as demos, right? They're one, you know, like that mm-hmm. turquoise one that, that, you, that you were able to play, right? That's, that one's not for sale. That's one that I built that has all the options on it that I can carry it around. I can give it to, I can loan it out. I can do demos with it. I can do all that kind of stuff so that, you know, someone can put it in their hands and decide if this is what they want to do, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, but then we, we set it up and it was like, you know, we, you know, I, I kind of worked out my production process to build, you know, how, what am I, how am I going to work to do nine guitars at the same time, but each one, has certain aspects of it that are custom to that guitar right so Mm -hmm. body shape's the same but the paint color's different and the pickups are different and the pick guard's different and the and the neck wood's different and the fretboard's different and and all that kind of stuff you know and so trying to be as custom as possible but also keep it some way that it could be extremely efficient you know so it was a it was a, a kind of a transitional thing for me rather than you know i know a lot of builders who as they begin to grow end up you know, doing one at a time over and over again and developing a backlog. And, 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 you know, for me, I wanted to kind of get a a bunch of them out there all at once to just, so that people could see it and play it and see pictures and, and see what, what it could be, because it's more than just, you know, I don't know. We haven't found a color yet that doesn't look good on that guitar. So, (laughs) you know, it's, (laughs) it's, it's, it's good to be able to show those out there. So. Yeah. So, I, I, a goofy question for you. When yeah. does a guitar stop being a custom or become finally become a production guitar versus it being a one-off? Like where, where, where sort of is that line of customizable build to suit versus well, the, I, you know what I'm, I'm look, every, every one of my models has certain things that are available as options and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, 
you know, if you came to me and you wanted me to build you a telly, I'm going to say, no, I don't build tellies anymore. You know, I did mm-hmm. when I was learning. Um, but, but, but I don't do that. I build my designs. The only design that I really, that's, that's, that's a copy is I have a model that I call the Ventura, which is really the, the body shape is a jazz master because I just, Fender got that one really right, you know, and, but mm-hmm. I, I do it different. Um, <laughs> but they can't build a stock one, right? Where that yeah. doesn't need a mod. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this fixes all of that, but it's got all the bells and whistles of like a Jaguar. It's kind of a combination between a Jaguar and a jazz master, but it's got the, it's got, in my opinion, the best of both. It's got the scale length of the jazz master and the pickups of the jazz master, but it's got a lot of the switching options of the, and the, and the, the, the hardware of the Jaguar. And, and so that's, that's, that one is, 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 is the only body shape I do. That's, that's, um, that's not completely unique to, to, to myself, but, but I, I have a, 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 you know, a specific list of options that are available and that's it. And, um, you know, if you came to me and you say, well, I like this, but I want you to tweak this or that, um, you know, that's really, I'm trying to keep things focused so that it can be a production. So I only have to have one set of templates per, per model and be able to, mm-hmm. to, to be efficient as, as I'm doing that stuff, you know, um, uh, basically if it's on my website, it's, it's available as a model. If a few years go by and nobody orders something then I'll probably take it off and find something different to replace it with, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but everything's kind of started off, um, you know, it started off with me building one <laughs> and then mm-hmm. if it's good, then, you know, maybe we'll build more. So out of, out of curiosity, yeah. What does the inspiration process to building one of these things kind of look like? Oh, or you're coming up with a part. new design. I, look, I hate to admit it, but I'm really terrible at that part. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like I'm a, uh, I, my brain is more of an engineer than an artist, right? You can give me the most beautiful design in the world and I will figure out structurally how to build it and what order of, operations are needed to be able to do some crazy beautiful inlay or some what, whatever it is whatever design but but i have trouble coming up with those designs from scratch mm-hmm. myself right yeah it's it's the the blank canvas syndrome like it, if someone just comes draws probably like three lines on something then you can yeah. start creating but until that's there and it's just blank yeah exactly well can't that, start it like, and I'm indecisive. I'll look at it and it'll look good and I'll think I can make it better and then I'll make it better mm-hmm. and then I'll come back and look at it and I'll think, no, it was better the way it was. And, and, and I just, I don't have the same, the, the right, the right sense on that. You know I mean? I'm, I think I'm on like rev X of my plan for my workshop right now. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even be decisive about that. But um, I mean, and that's why that F3 project was, was really a collab with those, with those guys because, you know, um, they said, you know, we spent, I'm more effective when I can bounce ideas off of people and come, but you know, have a lot of, of good back and forth, you know, and they throw crazy ideas out and I'd say, well, but that's not manufacturable. So mm-hmm. you can scratch that. But it, then it, it pushed the conversation in a different direction, you know, and it'd say, well, what if we did this or what if we did that, you know? And the interesting thing about that F3 is, uh, you know, the fact that that top line, right, just from the upper horn to the, to the lower horn just goes straight across. Right. Mm-hmm. And when they first threw that out, I was like, Oh no, you can't do it. 
there's not enough there's not enough space there to get the heel on and you won't have upper fret access and this and that and they're like no do this and we pushed it around and i finally you know i said i'm going to build a prototype and you know show you why this sucks and then it didn't like <laughs> 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 i you know as i was working on i finally got to where i could see the vision that 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 we had as a as a team to build that and so you know almost all of my um my designs have been relatively collaborative. There's, there's one more base model that I didn't put up there yet. I have two base models, and uh, the other one I just haven't put it on my website. It's on my my Instagram, on my Facebook. But I actually built it for my brother-in-law, and mm-hmm. um, or my, excuse me, my son-in-law, who's 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 a just an amazing bass player. And you know, we were able to to, you know, I was able to build it for something that would appeal to him specifically. And then it's just such a good design that it's, it's going to become, you know, available as a, as an optional model for, for a while. We'll see if we'll get any orders for it. So. Interesting. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. you know, it, I always wonder with some of this, cause sometimes it's the, I'm trying to fix something that I hated about this model. And you sort of see, you mm-hmm. see the inspiration and you see the tweaking. And I mean, like the Ventura, for example, there's, that you can see where the inspiration is. You see that it's different, but right. you, see, you see where that's at. Um, and then right. you have like the Artesia here. That's like, I don't really know what inspired that. That's a, that's a different design. I, I don't connect it right away with something, you know? Right. And that was something that, that I came up with all by myself and, and it works. And I don't know that it worked, that it's going to work long-term, but you know, I've made a couple of them and, um, <laughs> You know, it was something I was trying to do, and it worked. And you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So, I guess an- another thing that will set you apart here is usually people don't tread into building a base too quickly when, when well, they're building a brand out. <laughs> so, I, you know, the funny thing is, is that, is that, you know, uh, I play. Well, when I was in California for 15 years, I played at, at, at church every Sunday, and. Um, mm-hmm. But for the last, well, for probably the last three or four years before we moved, I was playing bass almost 100%. And um, my wife was giving me all this crap about the fact that I have 15 guitars that I've made hanging on my wall in my office, and I'm on stage playing a G&L bass. <laughs> uh, every Sunday, you know, week yeah. after week. And so... I finally just said, that's it. I've got to build a base and I've got to, uh, you know, that one that's on my website, the Pathfinder, that's my base. That, that one right there, that's my number one base that I play day in and day out. That's, you know, I, I play a lot more bass these days than I do guitar. And that's, that's the one that I, that's my daily player right there. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it, it came out better than I expected and I've been really, really happy with it. And, um, you know, I'd love to build some more of them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm just looking at this real quick here and, mm-hmm. and part of my ignorance here, but where right where the neck joins into the body, there's a metal plate. Is that yeah. a, is that an extra pickup? What is that? No. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> on that one, it's uh, that's just a, uh, a truss rod cover. Okay. So, so the truss rod's it, adjustable at the base of the neck? Okay. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's under there. And when you take that off, not only is, is the truss rod there, but also the, um, 
the there's two more neck bolts there. So when you look at the back, the picture from the back, there's only three neck bolts coming from mm-hmm. the back side. Um, so there's two more from coming from the front side under that cover. And I decided to chrome it just because I could. Um, <laughs> on my son-in-law's base, I did the same thing. Only it's a it's an ebony plate that's right there. So it's, oh, cool. it does it doesn't it doesn't stand out. It's it's a different body style, but I, I use the same building format of mm-hmm. of you know that heel adjust neck like that. And um, the uh, I, I made an ebony cover for that one, so it didn't it doesn't it doesn't because I've got. I've gotten so many questions about what is that? Is that another pickup or whatever it is, you know? So, yeah, I mean, guitar player brain starts thinking like about those people. What was it last year? There was an Esquire neck pickup that came out for, oh, um, uh-huh. was it Paisley? Mm, I yeah, think it was I think Brad so. Paisley. Um, and I was like, well, then it's a Telecaster, isn't it? Like, right. there's just if, those if kind of things. A, you put a neck pickup in it, it's not exactly an Esquire anymore, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was all about, like, that. those hidden pickups was, like, a, a right. thing that, like, it was becoming a trend. And so I was just kind of curious with that one. Of Is, is that yeah, just no, one no, of those no. things? That, yeah, that's just, you know, I chromed it because I could because, my you know, I was taking three pieces of brass down to the chrome shop, you know, and mm-hmm. it was like it didn't cost me a cent more to have them chrome that <laughs> along with the neck plate and the so that's one of the things i've been doing too if you look at all my guitars is that they you know all of the um the plates anytime there's a metal plate whether it's just a neck plate or on the other base that you'll see on my instagram uh all of those those plates um you know i build my own metal plates and then i have them you know built out of solid brass and then i have them chromed and you know so that hmm. i'm not just using off-the-shelf hardware uh, now the bridges and um, you know bridges and such are are you know they're they're off the shelf for the most part. I use hip shot for everything, but the um, but all the rest of the metal hardware is usually stuff that I've had you know either machined it myself or had it made or you know had it laser cut or something. Mm-hmm. And th- I mean that that's nice. It helps it feel more bespoke and keeps you from recognizing a piece of equipment on somebody else's guitar go oh i've seen that before okay that's a part yeah it's not just a standard you know fender four hole neck uh you know neck plate right it's (laughs) like the f3s you'll see uh, in there the f3s are they have a i'm you know i I was gonna say i'm gonna show you a a boutique builder notoriously uses the five dollar amazon right uh neck yeah. plate you know and those I, kind and of I recognize things so. the color and shape of that particular model <laughs> yeah you recognize it right away don't you <laughs> yeah but um you know but the thing about it is is that is that like when i did the f3s you know if you look at the neck plate mm-hmm. on the f3s um i don't know if, if you're looking there on my website you can see that you know mm-hmm. but it's it's a custom shape it's got an engraving in it um you know and the fact of the matter is is that having those laser cut and then um, polished and chromed, I think it ended up, by the time I was done, it ended up costing me like, you know, $14 per guitar, you know? I mean, I made extra mm-hmm. so that I, you know, would have it later. But, you know, in the big scheme of the picture, uh, the big scheme of how, how, what the pricing is on those guitars, whether it costs $4 or $14 is nothing, right? It doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And, and it allows me to do something that where someone picks it up and they say, this is not just somebody who, you know, made a body and assembled some parts. You know, this is actually 
um, you know, something that's, that's had some thought go into it. That's, that's, that's custom, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's part of the fun with, you know, bespoke guitars and custom made guitars is, you know, it, it's labor that you're paying for a lot of, a lot of labor. And so what happens is the price inflates to a point that you don't compromise on hardware at all versus, you know, everyone's favorite, you know, guitar builders out of Mexico or the far East or something like that. Actually, material costs are a big deal and a factor into those. And so you start seeing the materials cheapening to, to get down to price points. So you are muted, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Sorry, it, it, I... For those at home, he was agreeing with me while I was talking. That's what happened. Let the record show. Yeah, yeah but, you know, I mean, I look at it's, it's exactly what you're saying. You look at, you know, I, I look at something like the F3 and even with that mm -hmm. one, with, you know, what I put, you know, I was buying hardware for probably, and I think I bought hardware for 15 or 20 of them all at once. And, you know, on a per guitar basis, you know, uh, I think that, that I think it was probably, I don't know, $400 or something like that, you know, not including pickups just for mm -hmm. all the rest of the, the, you know, by the time you get tuners and bridges and that's at discount prices for, you know, builders discount prices and stuff. And it's like, you go to the store and you know how many guitars are for sale at guitar center that cost less than $400 for a complete finished guitar. You know, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of them. And, and so, you know, when you're talking about using quality parts and, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I, I, I don't buy parts for my guitars that I'm building off of Amazon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I mean, so, the other fun part is we, we, we made a joke about this on last week's show was, you know, uh, they're coming out with a new Squire Jazzmaster. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be 300 bucks. And when you're done putting $500 worth of parts back into that guitar, then it will be a nice playing instrument. Right. You know, and, and you're going to watch people do that all over, all over the places. Oh, well, once you throw a mastery bridge on it, once you buy the locking tuners, once you buy the boutique builder pickups and things like that. Uh -huh. um, and then, then you're looking at, you know, a, a $1,200 investment you just made in something that doesn't retain its value. And you sit there and go, man, for not much more, I could have actually had the really nice thing. Yeah. Because, and then it, and it would have maintained its resale and yeah. all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, like I, I spent some time looking at some of the more premium models and going, well, you know, I kind of don't like this and, mm -hmm. or, oh, I kind of like, I'd rather do something like this. And then suddenly you look at your guitar line or you look at, um, a few of your contemporaries and you go, well, you know, for a factory Gibson, I could, or a factory PRS of like their, their higher end line, I could get this bespoke. Yeah. So everything, everything on my website costs less than some off the shelf Les Pauls. You know, yeah. there's off the shelf Les Pauls that cost more than the most expensive guitar on my website. You know, and that's not to say there aren't cheap Les Pauls. There are some, you know, but, um, but it's, it's, it's crazy that, you know, people will go out there and drop, you know, four grand on, on a Les Paul and, and think that, you know, that's, that's not a big deal. And, you know, like I don't sell any of my guitars for four grand. They're all less than that, you know? Mm -hmm. and, well, yeah, they'll and drop four grand on a Les Paul and then 
fix the nut and then (laughs) (laughs) maybe swap the pickups, put new tuners on it. Like you'll still see that stuff happen on those too. Right. And then they'll still have a sore back because it weighs 14 pounds and you know, can attest. I played a Les Paul for two services yesterday morning. Yeah. I think I saw a picture. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but, but you, you know, like those, the, the F3s, they all came in at like seven pounds, you know? Oh, that's light. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's there, there, those are all, all of those have alder bodies, you know, we can do them with, Mm -hmm. with other things. If you want it lighter, we can, there's stuff we can use with, you know, uh, swamp ash would weigh just maybe a little tiny bit more than that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple of them were more, I made a, there were a couple of walnut ones in that run, you know, that were finished natural, but, um, those weighed a little bit more, but the heaviest one was still only was less than 10 pounds. You know, I mean, shoot, both of my bases that I built only weighed 10 pounds. So that's good. That's really yeah. good. Now I'll, I'll ask you the controversial question. Yeah. What are your thoughts on relicking guitars? I understand why some people like it, but it's not my jam, you know? And, uh, uh it's, 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 I don't know. I've done it for people before just because I wanted the experience of doing it, you know, and I think I can do it well, but I don't think, I don't think that I would offer that as an option. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't blame you. I mean, it, looking at your website, you have these wood tops with bursts that are just gorgeous. You don't want to relic that. Those are guitars right. you want to keep shiny and perfect forever. And then you have these just bold lined. Yeah. I would rather you, rel- and, and, and I'm willing to work with, with people to make stuff that's cool. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. So um, have you seen uh, Coe's F3, that one that's uh, kind of olive drab green? Mm-hmm. It's olive drab green, but it's, it's, it's glossed out, right? So it's not like a, 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 a satin or a whatever. It's a gloss, olive, olive green. But um, underneath the green is a, which is, is all my finishes are at this point are all nitrocellulose lacquer right? mm-hmm. underneath the green. There's a, there's a, a coat of orange. So when that hmm. green starts to wear through, it's not just going to wear through to the wood. He's going to see this like bright, well, the same orange as that artesia that, that's on my website mm-hmm. is underneath is hiding underneath that green just because he and I talked about it and, and he can be a little rough on guitars sometimes. And so it just, you know, just something to make it unique and cool. And, and, you know, it's one of those things that I'm happy to do that. And it, it, you know, it, it's not hardly any extra work at all, but it allows you to have something cool that's unique and personal to your thing. And so as you relic it yourself, you'll be able to see it and it'll be kind of cool. That'd be great. Yeah. I know, um, like Jonathan, our Jonathan, uh, on the show, Jonathan has a, Uh had a strap made where he did the gold over um sunburst yeah uh-huh. and then let as it ships away it just kind of tells a story and it's it's yeah. part of the fun of of that um well, I mean, and, and whether you, you know, buy into the whole refins destroy a guitar's tone or shape it in some way debate but well you know yeah. i mean i mean and, and and back in the day like back in the mm-hmm. like back in the early you know fender days you know the, if they had a bad burst from the paint line, they would just paint it a solid color. And that's where that, that's where that came from, you know, was, was mm-hmm. just guitars where so they, they, they screwed up spraying the burst. And so rather than strip it down, we'll just move it to the other line and paint it a solid color and sell it out the door, you know? Um, 
So, uh, you know, I know, look, there's a guy literally less than four miles from me. There's a company that you probably have come across online that does nothing but relic finish on, on Fender copies. And they have a much bigger business than I have, you know, and uh, <laughs> um, they're right here in the same town with me. And uh, so there's a market for it, you know, and, and, you know, if you can, if you can stay busy and work in this industry and, um, you know, get to do cool stuff, uh, even if it's relicking, you know, more power to you. It's, it's not mm -hmm. my jam, but, but, you know, I, I, there's obviously a huge market for it because, you know, people complain about the wait times from these guys. And so they, they must be, must, uh, have quite a bit of a backlog there. So. Well, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not way, my jam. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of part of the fun of, I, I've heard this a few times in, in just the way you're talking of just saying, look, this is my vision or this is my, mm -hmm. what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And there's room for other people's, you know, stuff in that of just like, these are, these are my guitars and there's room to adjust those. But at the same time, you're like, if I want an SG in Pelham Blue, go buy one from yeah, so-and-so. Exactly. Don't, don't, don't twist uh, something that wasn't there already. And the market's right. big enough to let you do that. But. Yeah, well, I, I, I hope it is, you know, I mean, I, the thing about it is that, 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 you know, that's why it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, I'm mm -hmm. going to have other stuff going on in that shop that I can use to hopefully, um, fill some of the gaps as far as, as far as income comes when that, when that time comes. And, mm -hmm. um, uh, and so I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, feel like, oh, I have to take this, this order for a, a Pelham blue SG because I, I need to pay the bills, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's, I want to, I want, you know, someday when someone searches for Fellows Guitars on, on, on Reverb, I want, you know, everybody to be able to look at it and say, oh, that's, you know, you're right, those are Fellows Guitars because they all kind of have the same, you know, mm -hmm. thing. And then there's a lot of the smaller brands that are very consistent that way. And that's, that's my vision as well. Yeah. I mean, for some people like me that are just, sometimes fans like i might not be in the market for it yet and right uh but like uh for example paul roney's been hung up his mm -hmm. hat for a while yeah I, I have a safe search and reverb just because i like to see what's still coming into the market from roney yeah. and now that i've actually played in oceana i'm i don't need to go buy one anymore but at the same time mm -hmm. i think it's a beautiful guitar and it's fun to see all the variants that he did on it and all the customization and some were definitely better than others you know from the yeah. ones that i've i've seen and i've played did you see that there was like a uh, a root beer sparkle? Uh, oh. uh What was his what was his model? Uh, uh, Vireo, a root beer sparkle Vireo that came up for like nine hundred bucks down in uh, Houston a couple of weeks oh, ago. Oh wow! Yeah, Nick Hamilton was kind of all over that on online. Uh, I not, not all I over still it regret I talking I, about it. There was one hanging in Chicago Music Exchange, and Andy Kim beat me to buying it online before I had a chance to go over and play it. And I'm like still <laughs> mad at him about that one, but yeah. Oh well. Oh well. Yeah, but you're, but, um, but but you know what? When you see Paul's guitars, they're Paul's guitars, right? Yeah. And and whether he's still in business or not, and you know, you see Kevin's guitars, they're Kevin's guitars. You see Doug's guitars, they're Doug's guitars. I mean, that's it is what it is. Mm -hmm. Oh, and that I mean, but that that's a brand and that's the strength in mm -hmm. a brand. And when they talk to you about, you know, the most successful businesses and, and things like that, one of the things you hear people talk about or they brag and they say, we built our company by saying no. 
We said, right. this is what we are. And we, we, we said no to when we were asked to do things that weren't that. And right. that helped define us and actually strengthen what we do. So, right. Well, it's like, you know, I, I get asked all the time, are you going to, uh, why? When's your strat I've been, coming? I've been asked a number of times, <laughs> you know, will I ever do a set neck? Will I do a three by three headstock? And the answer mm-hmm. to that right now is no. I won't rule out the three by three, but I'm going to rule out the set neck because I finish all my guitars myself right now. That mm-hmm. may change one day too, but for the moment, I finish all my guitars and it's a whole different kind of finishing process to spray a, a guitar that's glued together in one piece versus spraying mm-hmm. a neck and a body separately. You know, mm-hmm. I just, uh, you know, I'm in the process of ordering a small, a small, like, you know, uh, desktop size uh, spray booth for my new shop, you know, because I'm not going to drop 10 grand to have an actual spray booth that I can walk into and be able to spray a full size hanging base in one piece with a set neck, you know, mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's just, you know, for me, I love, you know, Fender, that's one of the things that, you know, I really like about the way that their construction is, the modular neck, the, you know, whatever, the whole guitar's not ruined. If you, you've got, you've got options. And, and so I do to, you know, bolt-on necks. That's my thing. And I will always do bolt-on necks. And you can ask me for a set neck, but, you know, I, it would just screw up my process too much and I couldn't do it profitably. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, those are, those are good things because you're not bending yourself over backwards doing something you don't want to do. Right. Yeah, it's good. exactly. So, uh, I, I think, uh, Google's going to kick us off here in a few minutes because they now yeah. put limits on calls. I, oh, I, I this I, is new I've to me. To, I've got 12 <laughs> minutes, 12% left on my phone too. So, all right. Well, so <laughs> we're coming obviously what does, we, we've talked a little bit about the bespoke process and things like that, but uh-huh. if someone someone's listening to this, they go to your website, which by the way is fellowsguitars.com, if yes. they haven't plugged that yet. You go Instagram through these things. Is, Instagram is at fellowsguitars. Facebook, same thing, fellowsguitars. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It's not so hard to find. I, I turn around and I'm like, I, I want an F3. I want to be in this next, next batch, or when you're, when you're ready to go again, I want to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? I mean, t- talk to me a little bit about because a lot of us think, oh, I, I have to hold the guitar in my hands and I got to buy it from a store. So it's a different buying well, process, obviously. Look, if you're interested in it, first thing to do is just get a hold of me, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the number that's on my website, that's my cell phone number. Call me, text me, send me an email through the website. You know, I've got that phone with me all the time. And let's just talk, you know, because right now uh, of those 10 F3s, I think they're in seven different states, you know. And every single one of the guys that have one would be cool to to help, you know, show it off. If, mm-hmm. if that, if you're really, if that's your thing and you've got to get one in your hands, we'll figure out something to make it happen. But, um, you know, it starts with just getting a hold of me and let's talk about it. You know, let's talk about what your, what your goal is and what you'd like, and we'll figure out a way to, to make it work, you know? Okay. And then say, we say, all right, I want this, I want to do P90s or I want yeah. this pickup. You know, I want this color. Mm-hmm. What what happens? What 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 does that feel like? What what what's the whole experience kind of? Well, so like? you know what? It's it's really cool because you know I I've pretty much made that part unlimited as far as like colors go. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if, if you or people who are listening are familiar with um, um, you know Pantone colors from the printing industry. 
Mm-hmm. But um, I, my paint, my the guy, the play, the company that mixes my paint will mix any Pantone color, and there's literally thousands of them. So I can send you a swatch book to pick colors from. You know, on the same mm-hmm. token, we can do traditional uh, standard colors that are, you know, you want, you know, Sherwood green or Pelham blue or something like that. We can do that kind mm-hmm. of stuff too. So, you know, and I can mock it them up um, on, you know, I can do renderings on a computer. I can send you a picture of it that you should see all the crazy pictures that, that, you know, we went through coming up with um, sending, you know, colors back and forth to come up with the final things, you know, and we only got a couple minutes, but I'll, a quick story. So, so, you know, Coe's green guitar, um, it's called, we called that color Mo Green, M-O-E, Mo Green, because mm-hmm. it's literally a mix of everything, a mix of all of the other colors that we did in the F3 run because Coe couldn't make up his mind. So he couldn't make up his mind. And so I just started mixing <laughs> the paint together from all the other colors we had. We had, you know, black from the burst and we had, we had orange and blue and turquoise, that turquoise color and sea foam and all this stuff. When we mix it all together and it came out that basically that color of green. And so I said, Co, that's the color you're getting. And he's like, I love it. And so we named that color Mo Green and, and uh, um, you know, we went with it. But, you know, I, I can send you pictures of all the popsicle sticks that I painted, you know, for those guys to, to pick their colors from. So um, it's a it's, you know, doing that kind of thing. It's a collaborative process. I don't want you to get the guitar and go, oh, that's that 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 yellow is a lot more like, you know, not not the color I had in mind, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm quickly learning on my guitar that the Pelham Blue is not a single color. No, it's there's not. a neither spectrum is, to Pelham Blue. Neither is Seafoam Green or Surf Green or. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a range to that. Yeah, for sure. Well, before Google cuts us off, uh, uh-huh. we mentioned Fellows Guitars, Instagram, uh-huh. anywhere else. Uh, no, right now you that's it. Plug? it's in Instagram and Facebook and. Uh, um, and my website, those are, that's where you can reach me. Um, and my email is connected to all of those. So, you know, I'm on all those socials all the time. So just reach out, let me know that, you know, the, they're pouring a slab for my building tomorrow. I, I'm guessing, um, it's probably going to be, um, about two more months before I'm starting to get back into the swing of things. So I got to build out the inside, but, um, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's kind of where we're, I, I really want to sort of kick things off strong into you know, 2022, you know, everything's been really goofy. I, you know, originally I was going to do NAM and, you know, summer NAM a year and a half ago and that got canceled and then they, you know, winter NAM and now winter NAM is summer NAM and it's. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so we'll yeah. see what that all looks like. But, um, yeah. you know, naturally a lot of us, we don't have to go to NAM to see your guitars and in, in, in here, but yeah, we have all the, all the internet, kind of fun yep. things and yep. hopefully a lot of people start checking you out here and uh mm-hmm. playing your guitars absolutely i appreciate well, Jonathan, it thanks for joining us and uh we'll uh we gotta catch up again soon yeah for sure anytime scott you take care all right thanks bye
negativity always drawn out picture and revisualize love Energized lives together, together We undefeated, a plan to make well There's no gloves needed when we weed into the mindset Of achieving and believing in a community That remains happy, never after The world should be one, hate annihilated Every heart is one, love again So Don't buy the hate Don't share with me